You know, if you go online and you start Googling January 6th, you get crazy, crazy stuff. Like Salon actually says, on January 6th, Donald Trump and his cabal attempted a coup to overthrow American democracy. As part of that coup plot, Trump's followers launched a lethal terrorist attack on the U.S. Capitol. I mean, does that sound right to you? Does that sound objective or honest? These people are determined to turn January 6th into the domestic version of Pearl Harbor. And it's outrageous, it's ridiculous, it's a lie. Somebody who understands the uh, the left and their media machine trying to manipulate the public is David Horowitz, and he's the author. I saw his new book yesterday when I was at uh, uh, one of the big bookstores. It's The Final Battle, The Next Election Could Be the Last. David, I guess that doesn't surprise you when you hear this. No, it's, uh, the lie begins with Nancy Pelosi calling it a, uh, an armed insurrection when there were no arms. Yeah. They right. kept the word insurrection because it means treason, and they're out to extinguish Republicans as an opposition. They want a one-party state. But they didn't explain how you could overthrow the government without arms Mm -hmm. they just lie and they claim that five capitol police officers were killed the actual number is zero right that didn't prevent them from creating their own martyr in brian sicknick a capitol police officer who they claimed had his head bashed in by a fire extinguisher which never happened he didn't even die on January 6th. He died on January 7th of natural causes in his bed. And he was an ardent Trump supporter. And, and Donald Trump did not incite any, there's not a sentence that you could twist to plausibly suggest that Donald Trump incited an insurrection. What he said was, go to the Capitol and, and stiffen the spines of weak Republicans so that you decertify electors that were fraudulently elected. This is something that Democrats have done every single time a Republican has won the presidency Mm -hmm. since 1980. They're hypocrites, they're liars, they're incredibly dangerous people. They they even concocted what I call a Potemkin funeral. They took this guy, Brian Sicknick's body, and they honored it by having him rest in state in the rotunda of the Capitol while they all gave speeches about how he died defending the Capitol against these domestic terrorists who were all unarmed. It's, a, it's gross. Well, how do you push back person. on this? I mean, this was your world, well, the leftist world. You have what? to get the courage yeah. to speak out. That, that's the main thing. I, you know, for, I came into the right 40 years ago from the left. And, you know, I just noticed that the language was wrong. The left was calling Republicans racists, and, and, and I think they used the term insurrectionist in those days, but racists uh, and white supremacists. And Republicans were calling the Democrats liberals. They're not liberals. They're vindictive bigots and liars. Mm. It's a miracle when any anything resembling the truth comes out of their mouths. 
Well, no matter how much we push back and no, how, no matter how much responsible leaders say they want objective analysis of what has happened and what hasn't happened, let's discredit the lies and, and verify the truth, they always seem to win in, in the minds of the general public. And, and our limited uh, conservative media ecosystem just doesn't seem to be a match for them. Look, there was one person. This is how it happens. There was one person killed on January 6th, and that was Ashley Babbitt, a five foot, 40 year old unarmed woman who had been a, a 14 year Air Force vet, who was a Air Force vet. And she was murdered on tape. You can see it's a cold blooded murder. And the Nancy Pelosi hid the identity of the murderer, concealed it. His name is finally came out. It's Michael Byrd. She quashed an investigation. She made him a free man, and then she gave him a medal for defending the Capitol. Yeah. That makes her an accomplice to murder, but Republicans are too polite to suggest. Can you imagine what the Democrats would do? <laughs> well, they did it with that woman that was killed in Charlotte's, Charlotte. Uh, in Charlottesville at that rally. Charlottesville, yeah. I got hit by the car, people. and you would have thought she was Mother Teresa or yeah. you know, in Martin Luther King. And it went on and on and on. Mm. But Republicans don't like to embarrass people who hate them and want to destroy their party. Well, um, let me ask you about the book. That, yeah. Because, you know, you, you make the... I don't think this is inflammatory. I think it's unfortunately a possibility that the next election could be the last, and we've always got to be vigilant. But what makes you say that? Um, let me give one example, uh, which I haven't seen anywhere else, All right. which I got actually from a book written by two Washington Post reporters who hate Trump and who thought um, this was just fine. The uh, January 2nd, before the 6th, uh, was the anniversary of Trump's killing of General Soleimani, the Iranian. He was the biggest terrorist in the world, an Iranian. Every wounded warrior you see on television got blown up by an IED this guy is responsible mm -hmm. for. And, and Trump authorized his assassination, and of course the Democrats criticized him roundly for doing it that it was provocative right. <laughs> where are we um anyway so as you could imagine so the iranians on january 2nd said uh that trump was not only he had been removed from office by the fraudulent election but he would not only be removed from office, but removed from life. And he said, we cannot forgive the killing of General Soleimani. Wow. So, of course, there was a scramble among the security forces around the White House. The head of those forces is General Mark Billy, who is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the military advisor to the president and in charge of his security. And according to this Washington Post book, Willie went around the Capitol meeting with other security people and saying he 
described Trump's stop the steel speech as the gospel of the Fuhrer. Oh. And he claimed that Trump was Hitler. And he said that all Trump's supporters are the guys we fought in World War II. And then he erected this expensive barbed wire fence around the Capitol to defend it against the domestic terrorists on the right who never showed up. Right. <laughs> when you have a mentality... Oh, and you know, Anderson Cooper thought this, this was admirable what he did. Admirable. I, I have the quotes in my book. By the way, this book is footnoted with 30 pages of footnotes. This is not my yeah. fantasy. Do you this think the military reality. is a problem? And I think Mark Esper was a totally. problem. I think General Milley Lloyd is a problem. Austin is and, a political hack. Yeah. The Secretary of Defense is a political hack um, who, who has, well, look, they masterminded the surrender of Afghanistan to the Chinese and right. the Taliban. Right. And you have to wonder if that's part of the payments that Biden has made the Biden family rich from the Chinese. Is that the payoff? to give them Afghanistan seven military bases, free five to 7,000 terrorists, and not to mention all the minerals that China is now getting mm -hmm. in Afghanistan. Now, you David, know, you know some talk. people will hear this and think, oh, my God, these guys are crazy for even entertaining that. And I might have said that a decade ago. But then I worked on yeah. Capitol Hill, and then I've been watching this. What do you say to people who are really skeptical? Well, Ms. Gables has said if you tell a lie that's big enough, people will swallow it, something mm. like that. Look, Donald Trump was a lifelong liberal before he descended the escalator and announced that he was going to run. A lifelong liberal. He was a, you know, a member of the Clinton was it the Clinton wedding or whether she, they were members of his wedding, I don't remember. Right, yeah. um, but he received awards from the NAACP. Uh, he, he, nobody ever called him a white supremacist or a white nationalist until he ran against the Democrats. And they get away with that because yeah. Republicans are so... Clients, I don't know. They, they they don't fight. Now I think things are changing. I think that they they've got religion when they see how what, what Biden has done to this country, just the illegal and unconstitutional destruction of our borders. Biden is the head of the executive branch, and according to our constitution, his authority is to enforce the law not to make law. So the immigration laws stand, but since he doesn't enforce them, he's basically opened our borders. This is the greatest crime ever committed against our country uh, in its 240, whatever, five-year history. Yeah. Um, and the whole Democratic Party supports it. Well, now they're having second thoughts because... You know, you could predict the damage it was going to do. Right. But, but they have no respect for the Constitution or our laws. We even had a Supreme Court justice appointed by Biden, <coughs> Ketanji 
around Jackson, who's a critical race theorist, which means she thinks that the Constitution is a white supremacist document, even though it doesn't contain the words white or black, or for that matter, male or female, because the founders had a vision of all God's children being equal. Um, but uh, the purpose of the attacks on white people is to discredit the Constitution as a white supremacist document. Get that out of the way and then rewrite that, it. That's what makes you a radical. Mm-hmm. If you believe in the system that we have lived under for 240-odd years, you know that we have remedies for bad laws. Uh, and, and you reform the system. But the Democrats are at war with America. Yeah. And that's everything they've done is destructive. They've set off a crime wave in the streets for racist reasons. You know, Republicans say Democrats are soft on crime. They're not soft on crime. They're pro-crime. They think that crime is reparations and socialist redistribution of wealth. And the violence gives them carte blanche to to do what they want to do. Listen, I think you're... I think you highlight these issues in a way that other people aren't bold enough to say. And with your background, you have the credibility to call these bad actors out. I hope folks will pick up your book, uh, David Horowitz, The Final Battle, The Next Election Could Be the Last. And I always appreciate it when you take time to be with us early in the morning, David. Thank you, John. It's 2.35 on the John Phillips Show, Talk Radio 790 KABC on this Throwback Thursday. It is a pleasure to welcome our next guest to the program. He is the founder of the David Horowitz Freedom Center. He's also author of the new book, available online at Amazon.com, Final Battle, The Next Election Could Be the Last. It went on sale on January 3rd, which means you can have it delivered right now. David Horwitz, thanks so much for stopping by. Thanks for having me. Now, in this book, you kind of you look to the past and surveyed everything that has gone on in the country, everything that's currently going on in the country. And with that knowledge, you looked into the crystal ball to predict what you think is heading down the pike. What just exactly well, a, is that? It's a possibility. Um, it says could be the last. The mentality of fixing elections and eliminating your know, political opposition is so clear in the Democrat Party. You don't call a lifelong liberal like Donald Trump a white supremacist, white nationalist, Nazi lover, and so forth, unless you want to squash not only him, but his supporters make them illegitimate. So only one party, if you're a decent human being, there's only one party you could vote for. You don't... When people ask the wrong question about the 2020 election, was it fixed? Um, you can have your opinion on that, but the answer is nobody knows or can know, because there was never an audit of the vote. Uh, the evidence that Trump 
tried to bring to the courts was never looked at. Um, the, I lost my train of thought. There. Oh, what you can say for sure is that the Democrats mounted a massive campaign to try to fix the election. And they sent out in July 2020 600 lawyers and 10,000 volunteers sent them to every battleground state to change the election laws, often unconstitutionally, because they're supposed to be set the rules for the election by the legislatures. And every effort that you made was designed to make cheating easier. For example, uh, there was a questionable election, presidential election in 2000 between Bush and Gore. And uh, Jimmy Carter and James Baker, Bush's chief of staff, formed a bipartisan commission to tighten the election rules to make it harder to cheat. For example, their number one recommendation was to have more requirements for voter IDs. The second was don't use unsolicited mail ballots because those are the those are the easiest way of cheating. And they had six or seven. And every Democrat uh, attempted so-called reform of the election laws, and they were successful. Was designed to reverse the recommendations of this bipartisan commission to make cheating easier. I mean, everybody's familiar with their claim that voter ID laws are Jim Crow 2.0. They're racist and they're designed to suppress the minority vote, even though minorities voted in the subsequent elections in record numbers. So. That, that's the first sort of thing. Um, and if well, you to that point, it, you I, understand there's a danger. David, uh, yeah. to that point, one of the things that you mentioned the, the laws regarding the elections and how they they were recently changed uh, in order to uh, get an outcome that was the preferred outcome of the, the state legislature. You look at it since COVID hit, how often we were told that whatever it is that we used to do was changed due to COVID is also something that they wanted to do before COVID, but use COVID as the excuse to actually get yes, it done. Exactly and it, right. I mean, look That's at the hotels, for example. The hotels millions now. Millions of paper ballots. Yes. Millions of paper ballots. There was an absolutely no need for paper ballots. Every, practically every city in the country as a high school football stadium where you can register people to vote or they could vote and keep social distance and it would be outdoors. So there just was no need to do this. The need was they wanted to stuff the ballot boxes, which they did pretty successfully. We just saw uh, an election theft in Arizona. The Democrats had destroyed election day you can vote in September and October, months before it. They have the organization to turn out their voters. And Republicans like Lemmings 
all vote properly on election day. So in Arizona, election day in the biggest county there, um, 60% of the voting machines didn't work. 60%, you think that happens by accident? So if you wanted to vote that day, you had to stand, you know, wait hours if you had the luxury of having that kind of time. And that's how they won in our election. Should Republicans stop telling their voters to wait until Election Day to vote? Because if it rains, that's going to suppress the turnout. If there is a traffic accident in a major artery, that's going to suppress. I would rather see them end early voting. It should be one Election Day. And the vote should be counted on that day, not weeks and even months afterwards. But if you look at the January 6th affair, uh, the Democrats charged that the first response was it's an armed insurrection, even though there was no arms confiscated. So they changed it. They dropped the arms and just called it an insurrection without explaining how you can have an insurrection without arms. You can't, obviously. They kept the insurrection because they want to demonize Republicans as traitors. And that's another way of delegitimizing the only real opposition to their policies. Uh, They even invented uh, five Capitol Police officers, they claimed, and they and they were killed during the demonstrations. And they, they claimed it last week, Biden and uh, Hakeem Jeffries. The actual number of Capitol Police officers killed zero. <laughs> that, that, even that didn't stop them. And they, they pretended that Ryan Sicknick, the Capitol Police officer, was killed by a fire extinguisher to the head by the protesters who were actually more peaceful than any of the Black Lives Matter demonstrators in the summer of 2020. Brian Sicknick was an ardent Trump supporter who died in his bed the day after January 6th on January 7th of natural causes, that didn't prevent them from holding a, a funeral in his honor to allow him to lie in state in the Capitol and make speeches about how he died defending the Capitol against these horrible people, these domestic terrorists. That attitude, that looseness with the truth which is putting in mildly to demonize and criminalize your opponents uh, is the hallmark of a party that's driving towards a one-party state. Uh, unleashing the FBI as a thought police uh, on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot is another sign of their mentality. So... One of the things I discovered in doing the book, and I, I read a book 
by two Washington Post reporters, anti-Trump book. And uh, on January 2nd, four days before January 6th, the Iranians issued a death threat against Trump. They said he'll not only be removed from office, but from life. Uh, They were mad because it was the anniversary of Trump's killing of Soleimani, General Soleimani, the leading terrorist in the world, uh, which the Democrats criticized, by the way. Well, let's get back to the social media point that you made, because that is certainly something that, since Elon Musk is on the scene, has really exploded. How much of a game changer do you think he's going to be in terms of bringing uh, alternate points of view uh, to a a place where they can be seen and heard, whereas it didn't exist before? He already has made a major contribution in exposing this whole thought police apparatus that the Biden administration concocted. Um, But, uh, and I think uh, Elon Elon Musk, he's really a left of center guy. I mean, he thinks that way. Um, He invested in a, a, a project to grow plants on Mars. He's a change-the-world kind of guy. But he's symbolic of a movement in America to reject this fascistic, Democrat, progressive uh, movement that I think is affecting a lot of wealthy and not-so-wealthy people. The, the, the mere fact I, I must probably never voted for a Republican. I think that's true. We never voted for a Republican. When uh, people like that are turning against them, uh, that's that's big big news. All right, so David, we're going to have to leave hope. it there. We're we're out of time, but the book is out and available. It's called Final Battle. The next election could be the last. Available online at Amazon.com or wherever you buy your favorite books. David Horowitz, thanks so much for stopping by and have a very happy new year. It's the John Phillips Show on Talk Radio 790 KABC. Conspiracy theories. Paranormal. UFOs. During the entire 1971 debacle of this red dye number two, parents all around America were buying Frankenberry. So only a few days after the cereal was released, kids all across the country started being rushed to hospitals. All of them had one symptom in common. Theories of the third kind on YouTube or wherever you listen.